Ladies and gentlemen, this is Wonder Boy, Brian Morris, and you are listening to the Three Count Podcast. Live with me. Do you really want to ride with me? I'm in the club, baby, grind on me. Do you want to get live with me? Do you want to get live with me? And do you Welcome, everybody, to another great edition of the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering, and I'm your host, Clifford Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up that mountain called wrestling. And by, you know, season four, our 300 and something episode, I would just hope you say it with me, I am your Sherpa. Because like your tribal chief, acknowledge me. But like every good Sherpa, you got to have someone who's been there, done that, and can do it more efficiently than you can. And that's why it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering the ring today? You can find this man at MFPW. That's right, Monster Factory Pro Wrestling. You can find this man at 1CW. You can find this man at AXW. He is fly. He is cool. He is calm. He is the Wonder Boy, Brian Morris. Thank you very much. What an introduction. Hell yeah, man. I was like, right before we started cutting this live, I just got to let you guys know. I was like, I've been hyped about this interview because I feel like we've known each other for like the last couple months, right? So almost like, uh, I feel like it's almost been about a year and we keep seeing each other and passing and stuff. And I feel like we have like this kinship that's going on. So I'm like, you know, I was like, I got to bring this man on the podcast and talk to him and have some fun and just bring on a full conversation. So I was, I was hyped about getting you on the show. Appreciate it. I'm excited to be here. I love the, the people that you've already had on. I did some research before coming on. So you know, we have had a listener as well. We have had a lot of people from the Monster Factory come on the show. And it is so funny because like every time I see people come on, like the first person I always ask about is uh is Q, right? So Xander. <laughs> and Q is such a good friend of mine and I love Q to death. And uh the funny thing is I'm actually wearing my Nebraska hoodie. Uh this total coincidence, but uh, you know, because he played football at the University of Nebraska. And uh, then he obviously went to Towson and one of my friends from my hometown and my, in my high school was like, Hey, you should get this guy on your podcast. Cause he's, he's trained to be a pro wrestler. And coincidentally he was in Towson, Maryland. And so like him and I started talking and then the rest was history. We just became friends after that. So it was just funny that he's there. And then of course the slew of people <laughs> have come through. <laughs> yeah. That's no cues. Cues funny. Cause like when, we've i've connected with him about so many things like outside of wrestling like he knows a lot of the same people that i do for whatever reason and like he went to taos and i went to elon university so we were in the same <laughs> conference and i think we <laughs> overlapped a few years there and then like he just posted about um some guy uh, that played football at princeton and both of my cousins played football at princeton so i was like well, how do we know this person yeah it's, it's crazy <laughs> he knows everybody it is crazy to think about like because it, it, it really it really shows you like how small like the world really is right like people you know everybody's like well there's like eight billion people i was like yeah but you're always it seems like you're less than six degrees from somebody that there's somebody to know somebody right like we we'll always play like the the six degrees of kevin bacon mm -hmm. but like when you play it in life like you're like whoa like especially in the wrestling community you're always like one connection away from that person who knows that person or work with that person or you know, they're, they're best friends with that person is yeah. to me, it's, it's my box. And I'm still getting over it. Like four years into this now, like going into my fourth year, I'm still thinking like, damn, dude, like how does that person know that person so well? Yeah. Yeah. No, you're always one connection away from somebody like on TV. It's crazy. Yeah. Facts. 
So my my real my first question that's gonna come to you, right, is who is Brian Morris? Oh man. Uh the real Brian Morris or like Wonder Boy Brian Morris? Yes. <laughs> okay. Um <laughs> oh man. Uh a big, a big fan of wrestling for sure. Um, I was always kind of trying to to look for a way to to get into wrestling ever from or ever since I really can remember. Um, it's so funny that I like ended up at the Monster Factory because I remember in middle school and high school, I already had the vision of like, where do I go to train? How do I do this? And uh, and they were always on my radar. So I guess you could say I'm I'm a wrestling fan for sure. Um, at the the very basis of who I am. But, uh, yeah, other than that, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a college graduate. I'm a, uh, I'm a, a big, uh, a sports guy. Um, I don't know. I that was, that was a tough question. That's a, that's a good first question right there. I might have to get back to you on that. It's funny though, man, because I feel like it, it's, it's, it's weird. Cause like the more I start to talk to people, the more I start to understand that, like, there's a lot of people who are like in this business that have a degree in college, right? Have a college degree, right? And it's like, okay, so, and, and I got the question asked me because like I have my master's degree and someone asked me and they're like, why are you in the, why are you doing this? I was like, cause it's fun. And I've been wanting to do this since I was a kid. Like now I get to do it. <laughs> no, that's, I've gotten the same thing. I mean, I went to, I was kind of quiet about like my whole love for wrestling for a while um especially like around my family and friends because uh you know you never know who's gonna make fun of you for it um so i went to college uh for sports journalism and uh, i have a bachelor's in journalism with a minor in uh sports and event management and so to a lot of people when i started training um during my senior year of college it was kind of they were kind of blindsided by it they were like wait you're going to college for this. You've always talked about this and now you're going to be a wrestler. That's very odd. But yeah, I get, we all get the same reaction, I think. Well, that was like my thing. I wanted to, so I wanted to be involved in the sports community. So crazy enough, my master's degree is in um, health and sports science. And the whole idea was to be a trainer to help athletes, help people become athletes, right? That's mm -hmm. what I wanted to do. And uh, so it took me a while to kind of get my feet under my, under me to figure out like how I'm going to get into the side of the business. And especially coming out of the military, I just didn't know what I was going to do. So like, as I'm working and stuff like that, I realized like, yo, I want to be a personal trainer. So I'm become a personal trainer and I've been doing that for like 18 months now. So full transparency for you guys. It's not like I've been doing this forever, but uh, doing it for like 18 months. And then I was like, I asked my boss who used to, tr who still trains kids in college to go from D one to pro. I was like, how do I get into that field? He's like, well, one, I need you to stop training. And this is this was something that was kind of cool. And I, I started bringing this up to a lot of other people, too, like in the, in the business. Uh, I was like, he's like, I need you to stop training like everybody else in this gym, like 99% of the people that are in this gym. And by that, he means stop thinking you're coming in here to look good. While wrestling is a cosmetic business, he's like, you have to think of yourself as a pro athlete and you're not you're not that person anymore. So he's like you've been doing this for like four years, five years in the gym and sure you got to look good. He's like, but now you got to start training like an athlete. And I was like, I don't know what that means. So like we started putting programs together. Started, I started learning new things, working on what's called my CSTS, uh, my strength, my certified strength and conditioning certification and like just working to like our specialists and working to become that person. And so to hear you talk about being in the sports, I was like, 
yeah, I definitely, I definitely can relate to this. <laughs> That's funny. No, my cousin went through the same thing. He got his, uh, he got, um, what is it? CS or CS? CS, CS. CS, Yeah. He got the same thing. He was going down the same path. Um, he, uh, played football at, uh, at Princeton and then, uh, had a few tryouts, um, for, uh, NFL teams. So, uh, yeah, his, I realized real quick, his style of, you know, going to the gym and working out is much different than everybody else on the planet. So, yeah. Yeah. It is, it's crazy too. Cause like when you're thinking about things, especially like the way you're supposed to be training, like you see a lot of guys in there like, yo bro, I do three sets of 10 at this weight every day, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, cool. Well, I, on a Monday, I may do that like a four sets of 12, like for chest and back and then legs may be the same thing, but I'm also doing plyometric work plyo what (laughs) yeah yeah i'm working on speed and agility drills like i have to work on different things every day to keep myself like obviously you want to stay strong because let's be real like we want to be strong while we're in 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 the in the ring but we also have to be light-footed as well so it's it's crazy to have to change your whole mindset but it was also something cool to be told like a mentor like hey this is how we're going to change your whole world and so now slowly i have a bunch of other people who are in in wrestling right now they're all doing the programs that i've been like i've been passing out like hey you should try this you should try that do this workout try this workout and like to see people come back to me and be like dude my legs hurt so bad right now i'm like i know right (laughs) no to your point we have to be strong at the look of it we also have to be in the ring which means we can't get hurt um i mean for a lot of people especially in, in independent wrestling uh this is not our primary source of income we don't have that luxury yet. Uh, so in order to, to make a name for ourselves and to, to hopefully move up the ladder, so to speak, you can't get hurt. You have to wrestle every weekend or, you know, every day or however many times a week. So that's a big part of it, too. I'm, I mean, you you know this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Strength and conditioning is a massive, massive thing that comes into this like business, which is really crazy to me, too, because you look and I'm not going to be that guy. But you look at some of the people that are in the business and you're like, oh, Yo, how are you? like here, right? And then you realize that, well, they're, they're light footed, or they're just really like, they're really good at what they're doing, right? And so you're just like, dang, like, I need to learn from that person how to do it, right? Like, I would love to sit around one day and just pick Otis's brain, right? In WWE, because like, the dude is just, he's not your, he's not your typical athlete. He's not your typical dude. He was a, you know, and he was a heavyweight college wrestler, but Mm -hmm. he's just not your typical person. I'm like, man, like, to be able to just pick your brain and learn how you're doing the things that you're doing, I would just, it would blow my mind. Yeah, no, he's, he's incredibly impressive. I mean, as soon as I saw him on TV, I was like, Oh my God, who's that guy? And that's probably, you know, a lot to do with uh, them noticing him and scouting him in the first place. You know, Um, a lot of guys don't have the luxury of looking, you know, impressive or different than everybody else. You know, he, he's definitely that guy. And he's like 5'10", like 5'9", 5'10", yeah, and he's like 290, 300 pounds. And it's like, yeah. yo, but you are so agile. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Wild. Speaking, of, speaking of wrestling, how did, how did you get into the business? Oh, get in the business? Uh, so I was going to college, and I ju- it was my senior year, and I realized, like, if I didn't try it now, I wouldn't try it. And this is right before COVID. So this is like, uh, this is like summer of 2021 or, t- or sorry, 2019. Okay. 
Um, so, uh, so I found a school uh, that was like 10 minutes from my college apartment. Um, it's the place where uh, Trevor Lee or Cameron Grimes broke in. Um, so I, I trained there for about three months. Um, and then that place actually went under. And then I, mm. I kind of bounced around places down there for uh, the next few months until I graduated college. Um, that was in North Carolina. So then I came home uh, during COVID. Nothing was open. And then, of course, go back to the Monster Factory where uh, I always kind of uh, was always on my radar. Um, so I hit up uh, Danny Cage, the head coach there, and they uh, started training again in August of 2020. So that's when I that's when I started there. And I kind of just been there ever since and been in the business, so to speak, ever since. That's nice. That's cool, though. And I've, I've heard like a lot of great things about Danny Cage and like Missy up there like just everybody who has their hands in the pot and training wise, I've heard like nothing but excellent things. And I, that's why I'm always like, I'm always here. Like, man, like I'm like three hours away, I think from the monster factory. And I've always been like intrigued about like wanting to go up there and pop up one day, just kind of like do a session and, and just yeah. like kind of pick the brains of everybody who is up there. No, we, I mean, we'd love to have you. That's the thing. I'm glad that you said like pick the brains of everybody because it's not just the coaches. It's like, you know, you learn so much from Danny and, and Missy and when uh, Ricky Reyes was there, him as well. But um, I mean, in my experience, you look at the people that are next to you, like uh, Goldie or Mimi, you know, who just was signed to NXT and is now back on the indies. Like watching them and how they carry their, carry themselves and how they train and what they focus on. I mean, I learned as much from, from them uh, as I did from, from any coach there. And it's funny too, because like you, like for me, you know, I train in Maryland. I, I train at a Riot City compound with uh, Sikkim and like, he brings up like all these people all the time. So I get like a lot of people to learn from. And I know like here, like I'm getting ready to bounce. Right. But recently, and I say this lovingly because, you know, he's, he's the man himself, but Ruckus has been coming back up and just like teaching and so, like, to be able to pick the brain of someone who was just inducted into the Indie Hall of Fame last year is incredible. And I'm just asking questions all the time. In fact, like, I have to actually start telling Chaz, sorry, Chaz, you're going to find us out late. But I'm going to start, we started pushing the podcast back to 6 p.m., which means I kind of want to start pushing back my training to 4 p.m. just so I can get more time to learn from somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> but it is cool when you get to learn from someone who went to, like, Went to the Harvard slash Yale, as uh, another person would always tell me, of uh, wrestling school. The Monster Factory? That's what you're calling Well, not just the Monster No, I'm not going to call it that one, but I will call the WWE Performance Center, like the Harvard No, of Yale. course, of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, but no, Princeton no. is pretty good, though. I would still Princeton's call it great. Princeton. Princeton's great. Yeah, um, Princeton, same state. I would say. Yeah, yeah. Monster Factory, Princeton, it works. <laughs> yeah. No, I've, uh, Danny uh, is really great about bringing a lot of people in. Um, who have that experience for whether it's a seminar or whether it's just for training. I mean, uh, oh, we were talking about this before we started recording, but um, uh, Gabe Sapolsky, uh, the, you know, he does all those spaces on Twitter, but he's also going around to a lot of independent schools recently and, uh, and doing some kind of hands-on scouting. So it was, I mean, kind of a random Tuesday night. Uh, I, now it's, I guess, a few months ago and we show up and Gabe Sapolsky's there and we're just like, great this is amazing, you know, something completely different and a great opportunity. And, uh, but that kind of stuff happens all the time at the factory. So I'm, I'm very grateful for that. 
yeah, it's cool that like someone like someone Gabe like drops in, wants to see everything, kind of pick his brain a little bit. And that's the thing that I love doing because these this podcast essentially is like I feel like for me it's 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 like being at mini seminars like all the time, right? So I get to learn something new from everybody. We've done like three hundred something episodes of this podcast, and I think we're right now like right at three thirty or something like that with only two episodes like having repeated guests, and that was just like we brought on a person and then we brought on like the promotion that that person was representing. So Mm. not that that's a bad thing, but it's so crazy to think like, I'm always like grabbing somebody and like wanting to ask them questions. Like, you know, we, we don't get to share everything here. You guys, you always don't get that, but I get to ask questions about like what they're learning and how they're figuring out and how they found themselves. Right. It's always fun because it's like, damn, like to think about, like I'm spending, you know, it's a, it's like it's a like the old saying they talk about like the person who spends ten thousand hours becomes the master, and like that's where I've been like just hounding like every day. I feel like I bring on somebody new, talk to them, and then we release the episode later. But then I get to sit back with them and talk to them. So it's like my own little seminar. I'm just getting to pick the brains of like whoever comes around. No, that's a great way to put it. I was I was thinking about doing something like that. Like, uh, you know, I always listen to to Cole Cabana's podcast when he would basically be on a show with somebody and then interview them. And I was thinking about, you know, kind of kind of ripping that off, so to speak, um, because I have some experience broadcasting and, and podcasting. But, you know, in order to learn something, that's that would be a great tool, but also just to like force myself to kind of talk to people in locker rooms that I wouldn't interact with mostly. Cause I'm like, I'm kind of a very, um, uh, I, I'm kind of laid back. I'm kind of like, you know, try to get away from everybody a little bit, um, secluded, I guess, but you know, a pro wrestling locker room, you kind of have to interact with, um, almost everybody there. Um, so no, I can only imagine how much, you know, I, I can speak for my own experience where it's like everybody that I talk to in a locker room, you know, has their own unique story and own unique style and how they think about wrestling and calling a match is always a learning experience, no matter who it's with. And I can only imagine talking to 300 plus people, you know, about that stuff. No, that must be, this must be an incredible tool to to learn about the business. And it's always fun too, because like you get to use something like this and you, you ask the questions like, because Hey, let's be real. And a lot of wrestlers, like I, I really need you guys to jot this down, right? So when you hear me say this, because I, I don't think I've ever mentioned this on the show. One of the hardest things about wrestling is getting booked, right? And you have to learn a network. And so what this podcast is able to do, let's be real. It does two things. One, it puts me face to face with people that I would probably never be normally interacting with. But two, I can also help like put people on the map, right? So if I wanted to, I don't know, put on a promotion, maybe out of Connecticut, you know, like test of strength, right? I reach out to someone like Slick Wagner Brown and I talk to him like, hey, you know, my name's Cliff. Can I, you know, bring you on? Can I bring you on my podcast? And then from there, it's like, hey, by the way, I'm also a worker too. So it's kind of <laughs> like, you know, it's kind of like a two-way yeah. street. Like I'm going to help promote your show and your product. If you could like talk to me, at least make yeah. a face-to-face so we have a connection. But yeah, that's what it's all like. I. It, it became one of those things where like the show became like, hey, what are you doing to stay you know, active and during the pandemic to, hey, how are you figuring out like how to network and, and meet people? And so that's where like, that's really like the, the strategy behind, I don't want to call it strategy, but the, really the thought process behind it, I guess the strategy behind it. But yeah, that's where we were at. No, I mean, that's, it would, it's a great strategy. I mean, I, you know, 
a lot of uh, so many people don't get how you know you're an independent pro wrestler but i mean at the start i guess you kind of have to you know go to a show or tag along with somebody and you know ask if you can help out the promoter or help out anybody on the show and bring your gear with you you might wrestle you might not but if nothing else you get in front of the person that's booking that show um that is the grind of it and uh and i think you know i'm i'm very fortunate recently to be in a position where like i haven't done that in a while because you know people have been reaching out to me but like i'll you know uh, i'll never you know take that experience for granted where it was like you know hop in this car with this person who's booked in Connecticut or Massachusetts and ride up there and get in front of the guy. And, you know, maybe he likes you, maybe he doesn't, but that's how you have to do it, you know, starting out. Yeah. Or, you know, you have some friends who talk about another person and how they want to do all the driving and go all the way down to North Carolina and back uh, in one shot. Like I've heard that story before. <laughs> oh, I've Have you heard it from me? I've did that a few times. Yeah. That was no, great. but somebody else who was on the podcast has definitely told us about those nights. Oh, God. <laughs> I'm not going to say who, but let's just say it's guaranteed. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no. He was, he didn't do any of the driving. So I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he's complaining about. <laughs> he's not complaining. No, no. He was putting over. He was like, hey, no, like, he does all the driving. And I was just sitting <laughs> in his car. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, no, no, Mike's Mike's the best. Mike's the best. I'll I'll ride with that guy anywhere. He's, I mean, I'm sure he was entertaining on this podcast. That dude is, yeah, he's the best. Oh, uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun, and that's why I say like, you meet like one person, and you find out that they're training like at the Monster Factory, and then you meet like five or six different people who all same have like are all there, right? A person might either might find themselves to be, I don't know quite hilarious and have the gift of gab or some people will just have a punchable face right mm. so like there's all sorts of different personalities that you can meet at different schools and that's why i love the networking aspect of like this business because i can meet this person to meet that person who can put me in touch with this promoter right mm. and i can talk to that promoter and get them on board so it for those who don't know like networking is like essential in this business and you have to be willing to meet people right because otherwise, you know, you sit around and you're kind of like, well, I'm a, I'm a trained wrestler. Cool. So are like 5,000 other people every yeah. other month. <laughs> yeah. No, there's, there's so many people who, um, you know, who I've seen who are training right now and they're kind of waiting um, for the next thing to happen where it's like, do you have gear? Okay, then come with us. Like, this is how you get booked on shows. Um, but you see so many people who just like are just waiting. They're just like, yeah, I'm, I'm here. You know, hopefully somebody will see me. It's like, no, you have to have to get yourself out there. And that's that's a weird thing to come to terms with, especially like, you know, when you're when you might not be comfortable doing that or when you're we don't have an experience in any sort of industry that is even remotely close to pro wrestling in terms of networking and meeting people and getting in front of people. Yeah, and I think that's where, like, you know, you, the the more, like, the more social you become, like, and, and there's no doubt, like, when you and I are at 1CW, like, it's pretty clear. I'm a fucking social butterfly. Like, I'm literally, <laughs> like, one minute you're going to see me here talking to people, and then you're going to see me over here, and then I'll be back over here, and then I'm here, and then I'm back to this circle, and I'm in the center somewhere. Like, 
I'm and always in between, just you're taking promo pictures with everybody in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <That's> the, <laughs> hey, on the real, hey, those photo bomb photos are like are starting to really catch on, which I, I really idea. appreciate. I do that. Yeah. It, it was just like, and the funny thing was, it's like, well, Red Dog is all like Deadpool. And it would just only make sense that if Dead, like Red Dog would just randomly appear in like somebody's photo. So when we're all sc- like flipping through the gallery, right, all of a sudden it's just like, like there's Red. Did. Why is he, why is it, why is he in a picture with Becca? Why was yeah. he in a picture with Noah Idol? Why is he in a picture with, Gia Sky, like, why? Yeah. What is he doing? <laughs> You're yeah. just like, I'm popping in, hanging out. <laughs> but I gotta ask, right? Because you've been in for a little bit, right? We we're talking about 2019, and I'm sure you have one of these stories. But what's the worst bump you've taken? Oh, oh, okay. Uh, you know, I've been pretty fortunate to never. Um, I've really never been hurt in a match. Um, knock on wood. But uh, in training, <laughs> the first time it was such a weird one. I took like the Randy Orton scoop power slam thing, and uh, that was the only time where I like really hit my head hard. And it wasn't like landing on it; it was like whiplash. And mm. when I landed, and that was the only time that I can remember in training where I took a bump and I was like, "Oh my god, that that wasn't right." But otherwise, <laughs> I've you know I've been pretty fortunate. How about you? Yeah, no, so that's a great question. I took a couple of them, right? Uh, it was, so at Riot City, a lot of people don't know this, and I'm going to tell them, to pull the whole curtain back. We train outdoors, and uh, it was March um, of 2020, right before, the band, right before the national shutdown, and I thought to myself, I've been practicing these bumps for about two months now. I should be able to do something cool, and I tried to do a Kira Tozawa's, like, senton splash, oh, and no. yeah. And I also didn't land in the center of the ring. In fact, I landed like right next to the buckle and there was no give and all the air in my lungs went away. (laughs) Like that was instant. And uh, I remember, I remember Sikkin looking at me and he goes, did we learn something? I was like, yeah, we learned a lot. (laughs) Never again. Back bump from the top. (laughs) Oh yeah. And off of a jump, not, not just like a, like we're yeah, not here and then we just go yeah no yeah, yeah. we were going Ugh. up and down Whenever oh yeah he does was... that, i cringe mm, yeah and i'm like i don't know how he does that night after night like i just don't i'm not understanding yeah. that concept and then uh the second one funny enough was on a power slam to randy orton um i got <laughs> i got told hey you know work this move and just follow me and i had i thought i had the idea down and so as i'm running the other person loads up for this for the, the slam and instead of catching me and me like flipping properly i scorpioned uh, <laughs> you know, just uh, falling over <laughs> oh god no i've never yeah i've never like landed on my on my head thank goodness um yeah i i'm like notorious with my friends of like the guy who doesn't do anything crazy like i won't mm. You know, somebody will be like, how about you take a bump on the apron? I'm like, no, do something else. But yeah. uh, no, that's served <laughs> me well so far. You know, I haven't been in the business too long, but I've never I've never really been, you know, hurt from a from a match or, you know, whatever. I'm only going to take apron bumps like if we're both on the ground and you're like going to drop me like a back body drop onto yeah. it. And I've done that a couple of times. In fact, I was working a match in Lewistown, right? And I went to do a back body drop on 
a friend of mine, I won't mention his name. He knows who he is. I went to do a back body job and it wasn't his fault, 100%. So I say this, but I left my arm. It was a low boy ring and I left my arm down. And when he landed, I hyperextended my elbow, Ugh. which I was fortunate. I was fortunate that that was it. And I couldn't really, I, at first I couldn't feel my fingers. And then when I rolled back into the ring, like I felt the tingling sensation so I could start moving, gri- gripping things again. And he was like, you okay? I was like, yo, it's my hand. It's all right. Let's just keep going. And I wrestled the rest of the match pretty much one-handed. And uh, I was like, bro, this is so crazy. And like uh, even doing like moonsaults and stuff like that, like I was still like doing all the, uh, the just things that were just asked to do. And uh, then like at the end of the match, my arm like came back full force. And I was like, all right, we're good. Let's just get, you know, we'll wrap this up. And that's what ended up happening. But yeah, but always when I go on like – like a standard ring, you know, or even like a tall boy, like I can, you know, I'll take, I'll take back by drops on the, on the apron. Cause it's not that bad. It's like a six inch drop. It's okay. Yeah. I can take that, but I, you know, I'm just probably not doing a, a back by drop to somebody on a low boy <laughs> again. No. I will be nervous about it. I'll, I'll gladly take that slam, but I'll, I'll be nervous about giving it since, you know, I'm coming up to leave my arm there. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm more of a stay in the ring kind of guy. Yeah. I'll stay in there. Maybe give me like one of these on the apron. I don't know. Something like that. <laughs> I do like that. I, but that, that's, that goes back to like great part of like wrestling matches is that like you don't have to go outside the ring to tell a good story. You could tell a great story in the ring. And that's, I, I too prefer to stay in the ring because like you're not doing, you're not doing crazy things, but you are doing some fun things. Like if you, if you tell the story right. Yeah, no, I I very much subscribe to the to the theory of like try to tell the story with doing you know as little as possible, um, because for two reasons. Number one, like self preservation. Obviously, you don't want to get hurt. Uh, you want to be there for the next night or the next week or the next month. Um, so get that reaction without you know killing yourself in the ring. But also, um, it it's uh, when you do something really big after not doing too much that pop's going to be even bigger and that reaction is going to be even bigger um so really make everything mean something especially that one big thing that you do it's going to mean even more if they haven't seen anything like that so far in the match yeah yeah no you have a great point with that um and it's, it's fun because like i love being able to like start small and do like the little things and then work towards the bigger part. I think the psychology side behind it, I love like asking those questions like off air with people because to pick their brain and to like understand like where they come from or how they tell this story, how they want to do this or how their character interacts with different people. Like it's so much fun. And I'm like, bro, this is like, this is the world. This is what needs to be told about, but no one gets to know because we don't want to pull back the curtain too far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, as soon as I, uh, as soon as I kind of became a heel everywhere I go, um, it was, it wasn't like a light bulb, but it was definitely like, oh, you can get this reaction and you can, you know, tell the story that you want to tell without doing almost anything, you know, um, and that, you know, that it takes a lot more than just, you know, the physicality in the ring to do that. You have to be, you know, compelling and your entrance and your entire presentation. And maybe if you get a promo, you have to draw them with that. That all has to be good too. Um, but you know, for me right now, um, the way I'm looking at, at my presentation, you know, the moves are secondary to say the least. Um, 
everything else I do is, is definitely the center of my focus because I want, you know, the fans to care about me when they see me, to care about me when I get in the ring. And then hopefully I can make them care about the other person even more um, when I'm in there too. Yeah, no, I definitely, uh, I definitely understand. Cause like, for me, I think uh, like character work is what really drives my whole thing. Like I have to be like, you like I have to be high octane energy like all the time right like I feel like even from like my entrance whether I'm working face or heel to like when I leave that ring like I just total like energy dump and like when I leave like I just want to be completely exhausted because I want fans to know like hey like you're getting all this energy and it's gonna be fun but um it is it's kind of just it is it's gonna be one of those fun things that i get to do is just enjoy the the run of just like hey here i am this is what i want to do and and this is what i'm going to tell you guys and you guys cheer me or you guys boo me depending on like where i'm at but i love the fact because like for you i watch you work as a heel and it is so much fun to watch because like people genuinely i feel like people they, they get it but then like while you're in that ring man it seems like people really want to jump over the barrier and try to fight you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love it. Especially in Delaware. Del- I really get yeah. the Delaware people. Um, no, yeah, it's, it's a blast. It's a blast. That's when I have the most fun because, you know, I kind of, uh, I think we all have, um, you know, whatever negative energy is in our body. You always want to scream or, uh, or say something to somebody that you can't say you know in public and uh, and when you're you know when i'm under the guise of that character i can really let that out you know because i'm in character but uh no it's 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 pretty therapeutic to to do that sometimes to get people it really, really mad at me um, it really and, is <laughs> and then make them happy at the end by getting beat up so <laughs> or like you know, sometimes you just kind of sit in the back and some random fan comes up to you and gives you a hug and then tells you that they're sorry they yelled at you. And then I just laugh and I just tell them, like, it's it's fine. Right. Yeah, that's like, that happened to me. Uh, so it was a night that uh, Pure Ignorance won the 1CW tag Ugh. titles, right? And they won from, they won them from Art of War and, or no, it was Art of War? Yeah, Art of War and War Horses. And this lady was just in my face and I'm working heel, right? It's the first time that I get to work heel at a promotion really. And I'm in as late, this lady goes, your boy in the ring right now is looking a little frail. And I was like, you can't even spell frail. I was like, go on, spell it for me. And she was like, F R and I just walked away and she just got, I just see the red in her face, like the blood boiling over and it just, it got worse and worse as the night went on. And then finally she was just like, I'll tell you the rest. I'm sorry for those, but I'll tell you the rest because, like, she got so blown. She said some stuff that she, like, immediately regretted, and I just didn't. And I just said something back and walked away, and I grabbed the guys, and we all left. And in an intermission, like, we started talking again, and she was just like, I'm so sorry. It's fine. Don't worry about it. That's I was good. like, we understand. But uh, Happy ending, at least. I'm always fascinated yeah. with, like, what the line is. You know, because like every time I walk out and I see somebody with a bottle of water, I just want to like get it and like spray it in their face, you know, but you can't sometimes, you know, sometimes you get a, the promoter won't ever book you again if you do something. Um, But but no, no, I'm always fascinated with like, how far can you go um, without, you know, within, you know, it being still a performance. Yeah. um, Not actually getting somebody 
that wants to hurt me in her life. Um, and hopefully you can turn around and say, hey, you can buy my T-shirt and pictures over there, too. So hopefully you, <laughs> you if you don't like me that much, you can pay ten dollars and I won't come exactly, back. Right. Buy it and then come back the next come back the next month. <laughs> Dude, there was somebody at AXW uh, two two weekends ago. And they were like, oh, my God, I really I really hated you in the ring. And like, good. I, I'm glad that you had to wear those chicken suits for all of intermission. I was like, I was like, yeah, you can. Don't you hate this picture of me? And they were like, yeah. And I was like, give me 10 bucks and you can go burn it. And they were like, no. <laughs> um, and I was like, Fuck. <laughs> hey, but that's a great thought process. Like, right. Well, if you don't yeah. like me that much, you can you can also like, you know, just poke out the eyes and yeah. stuff like that. You know, <laughs> some tax, whatever. Yeah, it's my eight by 10. Just pay me. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I like that. So let me ask, though, because you kind of brought up like a good point about like how far you can go and, and obviously lessons that you learn because you do things. What's one of the hardest lessons you've had to learn being in a business? Oof. Hardest lesson I had to learn. Um, probably that wherever you go, by default, people don't know you and they don't care about you. So you have to make them care about you. If you have five minutes to go out and perform, you have to make them care about you in five minutes. And that's not just for the, the good of the show or the good of the person that you're working. It's for your own good because you're trying to make money there too. So, you know, if, if I get paid whatever my rate is and then I, you know, make double that with merch, I did a good job. People care about me. Um, and for, you know, in order to make money doing this and in order to, to take care of yourself, uh, you have to make everybody care about you from the moment that they see you for the first time, which is really tough because I think a lot of people that get in the business, um, they watch all these great matches that everybody loves. Um, and they think, oh, if I go do that in the ring, they'll care about me and they'll treat me like one of those wrestlers. And it's like, no, that, that guy is that guy because he has name value and he put years of work into building that character into building that story. And you, nobody knows you and you don't have the luxury of going out and, and everybody knowing who you are without you doing anything. Um, that's probably the toughest because that was a really rude awakening for me when I first started wrestling as like the, you know, white meat baby face, the nondescript kid who, you know, is having these good matches with people that are established. Nobody cared about me still because I really wasn't making that connection. And I think that kind of going back to what I was saying earlier, as a heel um, or when I work heel, it's much easier to, to get them to care about you, whether it's loving you or hating you right as you walk through the curtain. Um, that's probably the toughest thing that I had to learn. They, nobody cares about you, so make them care. Yeah, I feel like that was, like, a lesson I learned, like, working, like, as a baby face. Like, I feel for me, I, like, had this natural charisma of, like, getting people to, like, move towards me and, like, cheer me, right? And, and the first couple of matches I've ever had, like, it just wasn't it, – it didn't work. It worked, but it didn't work because, like, the way my character was supposed to be portrayed was, like, very serious and stoic, and, like, he just wasn't supposed – he just supposed to be very bland, right? And mm -hmm. I feel like that's a problem because – the, the thing about people that are like that are military, right, is that we have this this notion, this pre-notion that all these military dudes are very stoic. They're very like tactical. They think before everything. They're like they work on the body part. We're like 
no, dude, a lot of the guys in the military are very dark humor. We laugh all the time at shit that we're not supposed to be laughing about. And like, I feel like that's something that needs to be kind of talked about. And so like, for me, I was like, let me just spin this on its head and get these people to connect to me on a whole different plane. And I started seeing that. And then I was like, well, if I can get them to like me on a whole different plane, just me coming out and playing like, let's go, come on, right? I got to the point where it's like, this place is the worst place I've ever seen. And I've been to Iraq. And then people are like, what the, boo. (laughs) And then you just see like people's faces drop. They get mad. I'm like, what? I was like, I'm just being honest. You guys are just upset. And then like, I can see like the, the, the drastic change. And then from there, you can just feed the, feed the fire just more and more from it. Yeah. No, that's certainly a, that's, I mean, I imagine that's a super different dynamic than anybody or than any of those people had ever seen. So, yeah. Yeah. So before we get into the best segment of the three count podcast, I got to ask one question because you've been around in a lot of different places and a lot of different States. So I do need one do and one don't of the locker room. One do and one don't. Uh, uh, do shake everybody's hand. Introduce yourself to everybody. Um, and something that I've gotten better at is if you like somebody's work that you're sharing a locker room with, go up and tell them that. You know, everybody loves to hear compliments and that probably means a lot to them. And and uh, yeah, so I've been, I've been getting better at, at that. So definitely do that. Um, don't. I mean, don't be disrespectful. Uh, realize that, um, you know, you're all in this together, so to speak. You're all trying to put on a good show. So if somebody needs help, go help them. Don't think you're bigger than anybody else in the locker room. And, uh, you know, and treat everybody with respect because you are in the same locker room. You are all on the same show. So in a sense, you know, you're at the same spot. So, yeah, don't be disrespectful do be respectful that's original right i bet you had never heard that one before. <laughs> but it is it is something that you got to keep hammering home right like like always be respectful to somebody and that's just in life too like just be respectful to somebody right and don't don't be that guy right i i say that i say that jokingly because sometimes i'll be like i'm that guy but don't be that guy that's so disrespectful in the locker room that people don't want to be around you mm. right like and don't well don't be disrespectful period but don't be disrespectful to the point where people are like hey i'm gonna take this dude outside real quick everybody else just stay here because otherwise one you're not coming back to the locker room and two you're probably not coming back to that promotion either so like you know be p's and q's always yeah so let's jump into my favorite segment of this three count podcast that is the three count podcast 10 10 count questions and mr morris this is how it works i'm gonna fire off 10 questions at you rapid fast and uh, whatever your answer is, that's your answer. Okay. So we're going to put on an imaginary timer for added pressure. Bing! And in the words of Mike Goldberg, here we go. SmackDown or Raw? SmackDown. Favorite cartoon? Uh, South Park. <laughs> Apple or Android? Apple. Favorite movie? Heat. Let's go. Uh, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Favorite actor? Uh, Matt Damon. Sure. I like it. Marvel or DC? Marvel. Favorite podcast? Uh, the Three Count Podcast. 
right? I just, I feel like it might be marketed and secretly like seeping into people's brains that this is their favorite podcast. Yeah. <laughs> Nominate one person that you want to see on this podcast. Um, the only people that I'd say are people that have been on here before. Uh, I'm not sure you've had Chris Desmond on here. I have um, not. So you should get him. He's a good one. He's, uh, he's going to be, he's going to be a star in this business for sure. Okay. So you're gonna and then, yeah, I'm definitely going to reach out. I definitely. And then last but not least, my favorite question asked to every single person who comes on this show. Favorite curse word. Shit, probably. I use it a lot. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? I like, not me. It's straight fuck. Like, it's just, yeah. there's no, yeah, the F word is the best word to me. But I definitely like, I definitely am a fan of the people who say shit because mm. you, just like the word fuck, you can use that in multifacets of like <laughs> everything, like you can everything. Can, too. Yeah, you can <laughs> or you can just in front of it. Yeah, yeah, or you can insert it into words. <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs> I like. Maybe I love. I love being able to do that. Bullshit, not good. <laughs> hot shit. Kind of good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of good. Like fire. <laughs> but those are all my questions and stuff. So the last thing I need from you is to let our listeners and our viewers know where they can find you. Oh man, I am at Brian G. Morris on everything. Everything. You can find me at the uh, the Monster Factory this weekend. I'm not sure when this is coming out, but um, what is it? May 13th, Saturday night, uh, Monster Factory Pro Wrestling. I am in a six-man tag match honoring one of our um, uh, past brothers, um, Jimmy the Jester. Uh, the show will be honoring him and his memory. Uh, it is myself, Nick Batie, and Chris Desmond, um, world-renowned against uh, the Golden Era and Bobby Buffet in the main event. So that'll be a good one. And I'll be at 1CW on May 20th. Um, the coronation of Wonder Boy Brian Morris will take place in Houston, Delaware on May 20th. So those are my next two spots um, where I'll be. Bet. And then... Don't worry, because he posts up everywhere he's going to be for the rest of the year. So all you got to yeah. do is just follow him, and he will let you know where he's going to be at. But like every great part of a wrestling match, we got to take this home. Because this is the Three Count Podcast presents Now Entering. And like I said, I'm your host, Clifford, Red Dog Glitter, the man that feeds you up this mountain called wrestling. And like every good Sherpa, which I like to think I am, it's never about me. It's about who's entering. So who's entering the ring? You see him right there. Wonder Boy himself, Brian Morrison. You guys know what to do. Tune in to the next episode and be there. Or you're legitimately following us on all of our social media platforms. You're even subscribed to our YouTube channel. You're following us on Spotify. You're leaving us five-star Frost Ash reviews that you can leave on Apple Podcasts. You're even listening us to on Amazon Music because we are there too. You're buying all of our merch. You're telling all your friends about us. You're telling your family about us. You're telling your enemies about us because – Maybe you don't like us and you want them to listen to something else. And they can listen to us. And then maybe they might like it or maybe not. I don't know. But you're also, you know, just doing good things out there. I'm kidding. You're either waiting for this episode to end. You're waiting for the outro. And then you're choosing another episode to listen to. Kawhi.
What's going on is Clipper Red Dog Miller, the man that leads you up down the Call Wrestling Link. And what we need from you guys is just kind of show some support, right? We want you guys to go to our YouTube channel at the Three Count Podcast, go on to our Twitch channel, Three Count Pod, or even our Facebook page, Three Count Podcast, and just give us a like, follow, subscribe, even give us a comment, right? Do all that cool stuff. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with your enemies, right? Or you can even come talk to us and just chat us up, right? Find us on Twitter at Three Count underscore Pod. Find us on IG and on TikTok at Three Count Pod. Go ahead and leave us those comments. We want to hear from all of you guys. We're going to keep putting on videos and stuff like that. We want to keep making this content better. So we want your guys' support. Also, if you guys want to, go support us at ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the Three Count Podcast or even find us on ForYourWear.com. Give us the support. Show us your guys' love because we want to give it right back to y'all. So in the meantime, stay tuned. Love y'all.